0: And welcome to Crime, Corruption, and Cocktails, the true crime podcast where we discuss cases that involve corruption and negligence from the people that we are expected to trust. Cases range from the police ignoring protocol to corporations placing people's lives in jeopardy in order to maximize profit. Today, I'm drinking a mango rita to go along with this case, not sponsored
1: yet. What <laughs> about you, doe I'm enjoying a long, I see also not sponsored yet. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for a hot summer day like we're having. Always. I can't wait for the season to be over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So on this week's episode, we will be discussing the tragic case of John JonBenet Ramsey. This case shocked the world and has led to numerous questions about what happened to the young beauty passion contestant. In the early hours of December 26, 1996, John and Patsy Ramsey discovered that their six-year-old daughter, John JonBenet Ramsey, was missing from their home in Boulder, Colorado. Patsy discovered a ransom note that demanded $118,000 and warned the Ramseys not to call the police. Of course, Patsy ignored this warning and called the police at 5.52 a.m. She also called friends and families to aid in the search for John Benet. The police arrived at their home by 6 a.m. and discovered that there was no forced entry. Despite this fact, they did not search the entire home. At 1 p.m., they finally decided um, to have John and a family friend search the house to see if anything was disturbed. During this time, John found the body of his daughter, John Bonet, in the basement and picked her up and brought her upstairs. This destroyed any potential evidence since the scene was disturbed. The medical examiner ruled her death a homicide by strangulation. She also had a small skull fracture. Her mouth was covered with duct tape and her wrists and neck were wrapped in a cord. There was no conclusive evidence of rape, but her private area was wiped clean and there was blood found on her underwear. The coroner did find pineapples in her stomach, although Patsy did not remember giving her pineapples. Her brother, Burke, did have a bowl of pineapples on the night of the murder. The Ramseys always maintained that Burke was in his room the entire night.
0: The Boulder Police Department made several errors that one can reasonably infer caused this case to not be solved. First, the police did not search the entire home when they arrived on the scene. They shared evidence with the Ramseys even though there was no forced entry into the home. Parents are typically the first suspects in disappearances or harming of a child. Uh, they only restricted access to John Bonet's bedroom, even though this house was huge. I've, it's like double-digit number of rooms in the house. Uh, they also allowed the Ramseys and family and friends to openly walk around the house, even though this was an active crime scene. This contamination destroyed any evidence that John Bonnet's murderer could have left behind. The police consistently went back and forth on whether they considered the Ramseys responsible, and this caused valuable time to be wasted. The Ramseys weren't even questioned by police until five months after this happened. Uh, This time gave whoever was responsible more time to
1: distance themselves from the case. So, yeah, it definitely seems like the Boulder Police Department, everything that is laid out for a police department to do when investigating, either kidnapping or murder, they ignored. Mm-hmm. Right. they arrived on the scene and didn't search the entire home even though a child was either missing or harmed um they allow people to trample on evidence there was things where um they were sharing evidence with the ramses and i'm like you don't know what's going on and you are definitely giving up way too much information yeah 100 percent um, 100%. um and the Ramsey's for people that don't
0: know, they were a very very wealthy family, like multimillionaire family in this area. So could that have been a reason why maybe the police disclosed some more information possibly. Um I don't know. I know that the area of Boulder is a wealthy area. I'm not sure if a lot of crimes are committed there. So there could be some inexperience on the police's to, on the police's part, but at the same time, it is basic police work to restrict people from an area that is an open crime scene
1: right I mean watch 15 minutes of a cop show and you'll know that yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) taper the scene off do something it was so weird because it was like not only were they not searching the area themselves when they finally decided that it was time like hey we should search this entire house they had what could have been their primary suspect and one of his friends do it which of course Mm -hmm. led to the body being moved so it's like what and okay the body was moved but you don't know you see a grieving father he probably cried over the body probably hovered over her you know so many things went wrong with the police and them just was like oh okay well (laughs) whatever we're just gonna do whatever we want um and so, of course, this case hasn't been solved, and there's several theories associated with this case. Um, these theories are purely speculative, and we may never know what really happened. Um, please keep in mind that all persons are presumed innocent in, until proven guilty in a court of law. And the two main theories in this case breaks down to it being the family or it being an intruder. Of course, the family theory focuses on whether it was John, Patsy, or Burke or a combination of them that were responsible for JonBenet's death. There are several pieces of evidence that supports this theory. The ransom note includes the exact amount of John's bonus from work. Um, and when they did the handwriting analysis, Patsy's results came up as inconclusive. Also, the ransom note was written on stationery from inside of the house. There was a lack of footsteps in the snow around the home, which was definitely odd because it was um, in the middle of winter and it was a lot of snow on the ground. Um, And the garret that was wrapped around John Binet's neck was actually made from items inside the home. The second theory is that someone who was a stranger to the family was responsible for John Binet's death. Uh, there was a bootprint found that didn't match anyone from the family. And the DNA that was pulled from the blood drops that were found on her underwear was determined to be from an unknown male. Uh, John and Burke Ramsey did not match that sample. Um, and when they did further testing, it indicated that the sample may have come from two males instead of one, which totally you know, blows this case wide open because what if there was more than one person that committed this crime? Uh, Would that make it easier or harder for it to be covered up? The floors in the Ramsey's home were heavily carpeted and padded. So it would be possible for someone um, or a couple people. Uh, to quietly sneak around inside of the home and there was a window that had been broken for weeks in the Ramsey home that was connected to the basement where a possible intruder could have entered through so now that we've discussed the two groups of theories there are three major suspects that have been associated with this case Um, either they've been accused of the crime or they actually confessed to the murder so the first one, and probably most prominent, is John Carr. In 2006, the former school teacher confessed to the strangulation of John Bonnet in graphic detail. He was arrested in Thailand where he had been a fugitive after facing child pornography charges in the U.S. Carr brought himself into the case by reaching out to a professor at the University of Colorado named Michael Tracy. He reached out over email because Tracy had been making a documentary on the Ramsey case. The emails took a disturbing turn and Carl revealed that he had a sexual fascination with John JonBenet. So, of course, like any normal human being, Tracy reported Carl to the police, who then had him arrested in Bangkok and extradited for questioning. But, of course, the weirdest thing is, he was clear by a DNA match. So, mm-hmm. he confessed to a crime that he knew he didn't commit. And there was actually they did some like location uh analysis and they can't even find proof he was in boulder at the time but he had these series of diary notes that were allegedly written at the scene of the crime and one of the disturbing notes he wrote about strangling john bonnet as a love game gone wrong he wrote close your eyes uh sweetheart he repeated repeatedly referred to himself as Daxis and wrote Daxis loves you so much oh god I love you John um he wrote quote my lover's eyes are slowly closing end quote um it's just really weird stuff especially for someone who's been proven not to be even within the city limits during this crime like <laughs> what would possess someone to write something like that
0: mm-hmm Yeah, he I remember on seeing him on the news and what a big deal this was in 2006 when this came out. Um, And this is probably something we'll talk about in other cases, but people just really wanting to be associated with these high profile cases for whatever reason and people getting obsessed with victims and creating narratives in their head and i i just have to say hearing him say
1: call something a love game is disgusting absolutely absolutely and uh, it's also a repeated thread that you see with pedophiles where we'll see mm-hmm. in the you know the next two suspects they also they treated her like she was an adult and they treated um sexual fascination with her as something that should have been seen as mainstream which of course it's not um and one of the things of when they're writing it they're obviously right else to read um Mm -hmm. it wasn't written as i'm gonna reread this and recall what's going on it was i'm gonna write this for someone else to read and see if they understand where i'm coming from which no we don't understand where you're coming from we don't understand why you would confess to killing and harming a child um And in the end, he was considered a pedophile, which he is, um, who confessed to the crime because he was after notoriety and the fame that would have come with being John murder. So um, and then according to a 2010 report by the Daily Beast, um, the one time suspect is now living a new life with a new identity in the Pacific Northwest.
0: All right, one of the next suspects is Bill McReynolds. Uh, he had dressed up as Santa Claus the week before John Binet's murder to entertain neighborhood children at one of Patsy Ramsey's well known Christmas gatherings. McReynolds was rumored to have given too much attention to John Binet and tried to arrange a secret meeting on Christmas with her. Allegedly, he had chosen John Binet to be his special friend, going so far as to bring a vial of glitter gifted to him by the six-year-old with him into heart surgery. He even asked his wife to mix the gold glitter in with his ashes if he were to die. Um, and he has since passed on. I believe in 2002, he passed away. Um, he's just a little strange. Um, I had read that his wife or his wife had written a story about a child being sexually abused um, and being found in a basement and his daughter had actually been kidnapped in the 70s. Um, I don't know if you had seen any of that in your research,
1: Dell. So a little bit and it's weird because I don't know if that gives more or less credence to him being a suspect. Exactly. <laughs> like, sometimes, unfortunately, and this is not common, but it does happen where when something traumatic happens to someone, they react by trying to, you know, fill that hole. Um, and so mm-hmm. you see sometimes when someone has a miscarriage, they'll, you know, unfortunately kidnap a child to fill that void of not having their own. So while he was cleared, um... And, you know, they ultimately determined that he didn't do it. I definitely think that there is something very suspicious about him. And I, you know, he's passed on now, but I wonder if he was still alive. Would they be investigating him for something else?
0: Mm -hmm. And I did want to mention this. So he was uh, Santa Claus for hire and why he was he felt so special about Bonet was because this vial of glitter she had gifted to him, children didn't usually give him gifts and he thought that was very sweet and very meaningful, which it is. It's a very nice thing for a six year old to do um, regardless, you know, of whether she wanted to do that herself or if her mom or someone told her to do that, it's very sweet. And that really stuck with him, which is understandable. But again, it seems like something really unhealthy was kind of, in his head toward John Benet. Um, And we've mentioned this before, but, with when people pass away sometimes they want to act like they had a larger role in someone's life or this person had a larger role in their own life to feel connected and possibly even get attention you I see this a lot honestly on Facebook when celebrities pass away or when someone passes away and you know for a fact that this person really didn't have anything to do with them Um, I guess it's a coping mechanism but I think that was possibly going on with Mick Reynolds
1: yeah and I mean it's one thing if you are grieving a celebrity that you brought into your life and that you build a connection with. Um, I remember mm-hmm. when Kobe Bryant passed, he was my favorite basketball player. Mm-hmm. I always He He's actually the reason why I would watch games. And oh, wow. when he retired, I stopped really watching because I watched it for him. So when he passed, I was really emotionally affected by it. But of course, that doesn't happen with every celebrity. You know, it's only the ones that you actually build a connection with. But mm-hmm. you have some people where it doesn't matter who the celebrity is. It could be a baseball player that passed. And this person, you know, has never watched baseball a day in their life. And they act like it was the most traumatic thing that ever happened to them. And you're like, you, you don't even like baseball. What, like, why is this affecting mm-hmm. you so much? Well, <laughs> so the final suspect that we're going to talk about is Gary Leva. Gabriel Oliva was a 32-year-old sex offender in the Boulder, Colorado area, um, and he was an active sex offender around the time that JonBenet was found strangled to death, and there was some evidence of a potential sexual assault, given that there was droplets of blood on her underwear. The convicted pedophile had been living in the area on and off, and the police allegedly found a magazine cutout of John Benning Ramsey in his backpack after he was apprehended on a separate drug charge in 2000. Oliva's high school friend, Michael Vell, stepped forward with an allegation supporting Oliva's guilt. Vell claimed that not long after the murder, Gary had called him and confessed to the murder, stating, quote, I hurt a little girl. Vell revealed to InTouch magazine, that he was particularly disturbed about how the knots used to fashion the garret that strangled JonBenet were similar to those used when Gary attempted to choke his own mother with a, t- a telephone cord. Vales said, quote, my blood ran cold when I read that. Now, Gary Oliva was cleared by DNA testing for the murder, but he was charged with two counts of sexual exploitation of a child for possessing child pornography in a separate case.
0: And he's still um, in jail for that today, where honestly, I would say he rightfully belongs if he's going to, you know, be a predator. So now uh, we'll talk about what our personal theories for this case are. Um, I, like a lot of people, think that the family was involved. I'm not as positive about that as I used to be. Um, But to me, the biggest piece of evidence that I cannot shake is the ransom note, the fact that Patty's handwriting couldn't be ruled out. The fact that it was on paper from within the house and written with a pen that was from within the house. Um, The letter also makes no sense. It's three pages long. There's lines from movies. It seems like someone was writing it quickly in a hurry, not really, you know, knowing what they were doing. And that doesn't necessarily mean the family was doing it. Someone else could have, you know, taken that paper from the house if they were familiar with the ramses and maybe done it on their own i don't know that seems like a bit of a stretch to me but again that ransom note is the most damning piece of evidence they had also found evidence of practice notes too and they actually found part of a practice note in the Ramsey house um it just seems far-fetched that someone would go in either hold her captive or murder her and then spend extra time in the house to write this letter. Uh, it's you're running the risk of getting caught doing this. Um, I do wonder if Patsy did in fact, write, If she did write the letter, if she included that exact amount of John's bonus to throw the police off and maybe make them think someone was stalking them and knew this information. Um, I know that there's a very famous theory, the pineapple theory, that Burke was eating pineapple and Bonnet took a pineapple from him and he was angry and he hit her with a flashlight. That's poss- plausible to me. We've seen other families cover up crimes for children in order to protect them. Um, the Ramseys were very much about appearances, uh, physically and literally appearances. Um, other than that, I don't really know what the family's motive would be, uh, but I have heard from experts that have analyzed this case that they do believe it was some type of accident. Um, and if they did it, they really didn't do a good job of hiding evidence. You know, if they had this paper in the house, you could have hidden it some more. And if it was the flashlight, you could have hidden that better. There is a bit of a sexual nature to the crime, which does make me question if it was them, obviously, family Sexual abuse is very common, so we can't necessarily rule that out. Um, if it wasn't the family, I do think it was Oliva. Um, it seems very coincidental that he, not coincidental, I guess, but it's just strange that he would say, I heard a child, I heard a girl, the night after, you know, John Benet was attacked. And there was apparently no other crimes that were reported of girls being hurt in some way in the Boulder area. Also, the garrot um, seems like maybe that was his signature. Uh, if he was using that to attempt to choke and hurt his mother, you know that's pretty crazy. And he does, like Del mentioned, have that history of child abuse and pornography. Um, and again, if you are innocent, why are you going to claim to have hurt the girl? It just you know, why would you go ahead and do that to a friend? What What is your purpose other than, I guess, attention seeking behavior? Um, and again, we do know that people get obsessed with cases like this and want attention. So that could possibly be it. Um, but I'll stop rambling and I'll say that I do think the family has something to do with John Bonnet's death.
1: Oh, Jenny, I'm actually on the opposite side. I okay. <laughs> really think that it was an intruder. Um, and I think that one of the main things um, that I was looking at was the fact that, okay, yeah, the ransom note was written and that looks really bad, but it could have just been a thing of, obsession so an intruder breaks into the Ramsey home with the goal of kidnapping John Bonet she was in a public eye and the third person could have developed an unhealthy obsession with her uh, we definitely seen in all three of the other suspects that there's this element of obsession and dedication to her and mm-hmm. trying to make her into something that she's not which was they're trying to make her into a an adult that they could have a uh, fixation on Um and so I think that the intruder went into the home. They were able to quietly move around the house due to John to JonBenet's room due to the thick carpeting. I think that um, she was sleeping and they eventually were able to get her down to the basement, but then she woke up and got spooked. And then it was something where their intention wasn't to kill her, but because they got spooked, they did kill her and um, they sexually assaulted her also. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of you needed to know the layout of the room, you need to know where certain things were. I do think that John Beneath's murderer was someone who had been in a house beforehand in some way, shape, or form. And during their previous time in the home, they studied the layout because there's no evidence that they didn't know where they were going. Like mm-hmm. the person went directly to John Bonet's room. Um, and if it was a general thing of robbery, they would have took stuff. If they just wanted to scare the family, they would have assaulted Burke or went to John Patsy, something. The person that killed John Bonet seemed to only want to focus on John Bonet
0: yeah and going off that too, um like I said, the family was multi millionaires. You could have gone in and maybe steal a nice jewelry, maybe they had electronics, maybe they had a safe with money or something in it too. so it does if we are going with the intruder theory, it does seem like the goal was to get john benet
1: right and And I will say the evidence that's supporting the family theory it is a bit shaky, and when it comes to the pineapple theory, which <laughs> You know, what I'm thinking is like Bonet could have eaten some of Burke's pineapples and gone back to her room. How many times when we were younger, our parents would be sleeping in their room and we'll sneak down, get a bite to eat and then go back to her room. And they're never the wiser for it. So mm-hmm. I don't think Patsy was lying when she said, oh you know burke never left his room i think she was asleep it was in the middle of the night and burke went down um he was definitely old enough to be able to prepare his own stuff and i think that burke went down ate something his sister came down um and ate some of his stuff and they both went back to their rooms um and then after that that's when someone came in and uh tried to kidnap her and killed her um the handwriting analysis was inconclusive for Patsy and didn't match John or Brick at all. So it could have been someone who was close to Ramsey, could have known about the stationery. Again, like they're very well to do. So it's not a surprising that they have that personalized stationery. And I think it also supports someone close to them doing the murder because they could have known about John's holiday bonus. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, that's a kind of bragging thing that you do like hey my holiday bonus was this amount was 118,000 and they hung around with other well-to-do people so it wasn't like they would have been bragging to you know someone who made you know 15,000 dollars a year they would have been talking to other people that also got holiday bonus money also um so I think that's my yeah that's definitely my theory where I think it was uh stranger in a sense of someone that wasn't john uh patsy or burke but it was still someone that was known to them Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i I mean i think that makes sense um so have you heard that the dna that they found it could like possibly just be from like the manufacturing process
1: wow okay i had not heard that but that will leave the case in such a bad position if you think about it.
0: Um, I believe his name is Henry Lee. He's a forensic something or other. He was involved with the O.J. Simpson case and also the Staircase with Michael Peterson, if you or anyone else is familiar with that. Um, but he did an experiment. I think the DNA that they found was very minuscule, so it's kind of hard to prove it's hard to prove with such a small amount like who it really is. And he had done a test. He His hypothesis was that it came from the manufacturing process and that he did a test with a package of unopened underwear. And he was also able to find trace amounts of DNA. So, yeah, like you said, that could blow everything open and kind of leave us back to square one.
1: Right. I definitely think if it was the case where the DNA that was found could have been something where it was a contamination. Mm-hmm. That definitely helps the family theory side of it because one of the main things going against it is the fact that both John and Burke's DNA was not found on the body. Because um, mm-hmm. even if you eliminate the possibility of it being a sexual assault, it could have just been um, sweat or they were, ty- of course, they were tying something and they cut themselves. But if it was just from who was making it it's like okay well do we need to re-examine every other evidence but this goes back to the shoddy police work and the fact that we could have so much more evidence or we could have maybe seen other places where there was blood and compared that and had a larger sample but we don't even have that to go on because they decided that everyone and their friends should be within an active crime scene
0: yeah. And again, to Patsy and John inviting everyone over to the house to search kind of doesn't look good for them. I mean, I understand, you know, you maybe want some moral support. And again, this house is huge. Two adults maybe can't search it that quickly and that thoroughly. But, you know, there's people traipsing all over the place in there. So did they knowingly do that in order to maybe cover something up?
1: It's a question. It, it definitely is a question. And honestly, it would make a lot of sense. Because I'm thinking, like, so Patsy called the police at 6 a.m. And they finally decided at 1 p.m. to search the house. So I figured, you know, kick out all of the friends and family, mm-hmm. you know, and call an investigators. You think... Like at this point, what all they knew was that there was a missing six year old child. And if you think of any other cases, you bring a lot of police officers to that. So even if it was gonna take a bit longer to find everything and to search everything, I definitely was think it was a job for just the police to do not friends not the family just the police to actually search the entire house and have the Ramsey be outside of the home
0: Mm -hmm. exactly and I think part of the reason why police don't really want family involved in different searches is because if a body is found that's incredibly traumatic for someone
1: in the family to experience and I mean at this point, you have to think that did John have anything even to do with it? Because in most of the theories that I saw, he had minimal involvement, if anything. Most of the theories that I saw focused on Patsy and Burke yes. allegedly being involved in it.
0: I'm also curious how many crimes are like committed on or around holidays because it was um, Christmas and Christmas the day after. Just, you know, curious as to whether or not if someone was going to come in, would they pick that day?
1: All right. Well, I mean, I guess it all depends on who your target is because some people are naturally going to be home more. So if you think of people with children, they're going to want to have that celebration, so they're going to be home. But if you're looking for someone who typically would work on a holiday, then maybe you would look for another time. But I think that this person, whoever did it, specifically targeted John Bonet.
0: Um, so, Del, you had mentioned that John Bonet was really uh, involved in beauty pageants. Do you think someone from that scene could possibly be involved?
1: Absolutely. I think that. I think that that is one of the main contributors to her death. The fact that she was in the public eye and that she was doing beauty pageants where, I mean, you've seen the video. I'm sure you guys have all seen the videos of them dressed in very revealing clothing. They had one where one of the passion contestants were doing like a Marilyn Monroe um, Mm -hmm. routine, which is very risque for a child to be doing. These are children. So, I definitely think when it comes to the John Bonet case that someone went to these pageants, they got involved somehow, and they used their knowledge and their fandom, so to speak, of John Bonet in order to get close to the family.
0: Mhm yeah, I was actually as I was going through pictures of John Binet to post on our social media, um, it was so many pictures of her just covered in makeup and It just kind of makes me sad. I don't really... I don't personally understand the beauty pageant scene. You know, I'm not going to judge anyone that does it. But it is... It makes me uncomfortable seeing children, girls, uh, doing beauty pageants at a very young age.
1: Right. Because it's the thing of, do they even know what they're getting into? And Mm -hmm. are we providing materials to pedophiles and others that want to sexualize children? Are we providing the materials to do that mm-hmm. yeah exactly that's i think a, gr- such a great question absolutely so um of course unfortunately this case is still unsolved with information on john benet ramsey's homicide ask to contact the boulder police department tip line at 303-441-1974 again that's 303 441 1974 or to email boulders most at bouldercolorado.gov. If you have information but you want to re- remain anonymous, you can contact the Northern Colorado Time Stoppers at one eight hundred two 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 222 Tips. Again, that's one eight hundred two 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 222 tips. All right, that wraps up this week's case. Sources for this week's case can be found in the show
0: notes. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Alexa Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Crime Corruption Cocktails and on Twitter at Charade Inc. Please consider donating to our Patreon. This will help us get better equipment and bring higher quality content to you. Thank you again. We'll see you next week. And as always, stay safe.